As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. But, for what, 15 out of 8, or a smart 7, 8, 15 for 23. My math right? Eight, seven, and eight. Eight, seven, and eight. Yeah, that's 23, right? Yeah. 15 for 23 from those guys. Yeah, you know, so. Be fine. Tim on the right. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Nerder She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo DeKeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Partnow. Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. It's Friday and that means it's Nerder She Wrote. I am Dave DeFore here with Seth Partnow and Mo DeKeel. Post game one, no hangover for us. We've all watched the film, probably watched it last night. At least I did. Watched it again this morning. Game one of the NBA Finals, the Boston Celtics lead the series one game to none. Guys, the series is over, right? Before we get into that, I just want to say, let's go. That was great. This that was cool. like, you know, we, we like we kind of we we survived, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals and. I felt like I felt like we were rewarded with really a spectacular basketball game last night. Wide open smart. Cash. And the Celtics have stormed ahead. This insurrection has them leading by 11. Well, before we get started recapping the game, I want to take a second and tell you guys about Sports Business Classroom SBC is an immersive basketball education experience at Summer League in Las Vegas. And Seth and I are both a part of it, pretty proud of it. And whether you want to learn about the CBA from Larry Kuhn or how to break into media from Bo Estes, or you want to learn analytics from the guy who actually wrote the book on it, Mr. Seth Partnow, we cover a lot of ground. If you want information, go to sportsbusinessclassroom.com, check it out. Use our promo code SBC for $300 off if you want to check it out. In Vegas, we're going to be there, me and Seth, live for the entire week and fully immersive experience in Las Vegas Summer League. So check that out if you're interested. 
Okay, guys, back to game one. Mo, this was uh, this is going to be a really close series, I think. This is everything you could ask for in a game, and I think that's the more interesting stuff there. I think, you know, it's... I love it. After a team wins game one, everybody goes, the series is over. I'm like, no, there's at least three more games. Um, you have to win four. I think it's a long stretch. I think it's, it's, this is going to be a long series. And I honestly hope it's a seven game series. I, I hope we get six more games like this. This is a ton of fun. And as Seth was saying, let's go. Listen, this this game was, it was really funny. When you think about the playoffs and, and the big theme of the playoffs, has been blowouts. This this game had a couple of blowout runs in it. I mean, the Warriors' third quarter happened, and then the Boston fourth quarter was just an avalanche, and the likes of which we don't normally see the Warriors have to deal with. I think that that's part of this, right? Like, some of the age of the Warriors showed a little bit in the fourth, and, and Boston looks the way that I think, Seth, we expected them to look for the entire playoffs. That was... There's a lot to get into in the fourth quarter, and we'll do that. But I think that, you know, there's been, you know, Boston's fourth quarter shot making, and really the shot making throughout the game has gotten a lot of, well, they were lucky kind of nonsense that we often get. But their defense, like for three of the four quarters, was pretty damn good. And the fourth quarter, like, I, like Golden State had some self inflicted problems on offense, but the Celtics deserve a lot of credit for how much. You know that you don't have a seventeen nothing run without the without the nothing, and the Celtics deserve a lot of credit for for influencing that to happen. I mean, adjustments quarter to quarter. I thought both teams did a great job, and it it you know we saw that the Warriors came out swinging, and I thought that first first quarter that they got everything they wanted, and to a certain degree, Mo, it's almost like Boston was letting them walk into some of that stuff in the first quarter. I mean, I was going nuts in the first quarter with just how open they were leaving Steph Curry over and over again for threes. It was like, have, have, do you guys not know who that is? There, you, you know, Smart was out of it. He had possessions where he just simply was off Curry. There was uh, a a pin down where both Peyton Pritchard and Derek White go with the pool on the roll, leaving Curry open for three. There were just so many possessions in the first quarter. I mean, he goes six to eight, and I was just, you know, texting a buddy of mine who's a Boston fan, and he's like, Curry can't keep this up. I'm like, shit, you leave him open like that, he can. He's going to do that all night on you if you leave him open. And then they made their adjustments. Everything changed from there. And I think it's, you know, they hire pickup points, all that stuff. But I got to say one thing, man. Steve Kerr got flat out outcoached. In this game, like I thought, Udoka was phenomenal in 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 his things. When you said both coach, I don't think they made great adjustments at all. If you're the Warriors, I think there's a lot of things we can talk about adjustments when we get to it later. But there are a lot of things there where I'm looking at it, going like, besides that first quarter, I just did not like the game the Warriors put. Together. I think that a lot of the first quarter was Boston almost getting like velocitated to okay. They they were guarding Miami who who runs kind of, you know, has some pet actions that they run to running a team that everything is sort of read, react, and flow. And just that, like, they got, you know, you're, you're talking about Marcus Smart. Like, I thought, I thought, you know, starting at the start of the game, I was, and I was paying attention to this, like, Smart, like, was very clearly, like, 
trying to have high pickup points, but then they kind of got caught up in some miscommunication and some not really expecting some of like the high drag screen stuff. And, and it's like, you know, from having gone against the series where it's like, okay, they're going to run this and then they're going to run that. And then this is how we guard that action to a team where it's just like, okay, they're just flowing into stuff. It took, did take Boston a little bit to get used to that. And after the first quarter, I thought they did. I think Steve Kerr and some of his, uh, let's just say lineup choices. Um, Andre Iguodala did not look great in this game. Uh, Draymond didn't look great, but you can't play Draymond and Andre Iguodala together. I mean, if Boston no, I, just isn't guarding both of those guys. Let's just let's just get to it then. You can't play small if you're the Golden State Warriors. It's that simple. You were crushing this team on the offensive glass. They had 26 offensive uh, second chance points in this game. And I think, you know, one offensive rebound in the fourth quarter, right? And that, that turned into a three. You can't play small. You can't try to say, hey, we're going to spread the floor and put out Looney and put out, uh, excuse me, uh, put out Iguodala and Green. Well, you can't spread the floor with with, with Draymond and, and, and Iggy because they, they don't guard him. Right, exactly. I mean, that's the point, right? Why would you? Why would you? Iguodala hasn't played a game since April 24th, and then you put him out there in this game. I was shocked. I was shocked, honestly, in, in, with the with the rotation in general. Jordan Poole, you can't play Jordan Poole and Curry together in this series. You just can't. And and to be honest, Curry needs to be playing 40-plus minutes in this series. There's two days off pretty much in between every game. I think this is just all of that stuff there. When I was just looking at Curry, uh, Curry's rotations and stuff, every time the team – gave up a lead or or the Celtics won on a run, they played small. They got to play big. It's that simple. And it's funny because that's not the Warriors. It's not the Warriors we're used to. They have to play big this series because that's where their advantage is. And I think that's going to be the big one there for them. If if they can play big, they have a, the odds of winning this championship much higher. But if they're going to stay small, they're going to lose this, and it's going to be not as uh, long as we hope. Well, you know, look, contrast – Steve Kerr kind of going with the guys that that he knows and trusting a guy like Iguodala and, and contrast that with what Udoka did just in this game. Pretty obvious this is not going to be a huge Grant Williams series. And guess what? Guy only played 16 minutes. Daniel Tice only got six minutes. He was ineffective. He wasn't very good. Didn't get back in the game. And I think that that was one of the bigger adjustments was going with the guys that can play. And Steve Kerr played just too many guys that this series is just going to go roughly for. I, I think I would rather see Moody than Iguodala in some of these spots. And I understand that that's sacrilegious, but you just need somebody who can who can at least be a credible threat to shoot the ball on I, offense. I wouldn't write Grant Williams this, off. Like it wasn't it was not a good game from Grant Williams. I think that especially offensively, like his performance was a little bit of a knock on from from Tatum kind of having a, a, a little bit of a weird game. So I didn't like, I thought he was largely fine defensively, uh, especially in situations where he wasn't switched off on Steph. And, and he can't be out there when Steph's on the court because you can't switch. I'm him not to even going to go that far. I think that, I think we get, we you got to be careful about that, but I think we get like way too, Oh, that's not possible. You can't like, no, he can, he can be out there. It's just, it's, it's, you gotta be, you gotta be careful about the matchup. Like you can't, he like if he, he probably shouldn't be out there guarding Draymond when Steph is in the game. Like that's a that's a combination of matchups you should you you need to avoid. But so I don't 
like, yeah, it might not be a great series for him, but like Tice can't play Grant Williams. You got to be careful with. And I think that's a, there's a difference there. Part of the thing was, and this is something I felt like was going to happen in game one anyways, with the Celtics having gone through two seven-game series, I always felt like Tice was going to get some minutes and just almost like a, 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 a reliever in baseball. Eat a couple innings. Just just bias a couple of minutes to to help. And, you know, Williams still has that knee injury and things like that. You're hoping that he looked great. But, like, you need to kind of have that moment in those things. Well, and I actually didn't think Williams looked all that great early. I, I thought it took him a minute to kind of get loose uh, in the first quarter. And I think that's why Tice got some run. Well, I think part of it, again, is when the Warriors play big. I'm going to bang on this drum all day. And when the Warriors play big, that was a challenge because now you have Rob Williams and Al Horford out there. And those are guys, hey, let the guards target. Let's put them in pick and rolls and things like that. And they did a better job uh, with the higher pickup points and, and, and guarding Curry and not staying in drop. But ultimately, it will open up other opportunities, the, the, the short roll to Draymond. Then you go four on three and things like that. But you got to play big. You can't – I'm just and, – and that forces the Celtics to either – play small against this big lineup and give up a ton of rebounds or go big. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the successes and failures from game one for both teams. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Well, it's, uh, it's different for sure. I mean, uh, you know, when you, when you win game one at home, um, you know, there's a, there's a sense of comfort and a, you, know, you kind of have a feel for your opponent at that point and make your adjustments. And, um, you know, so it's it's a different feeling. Obviously, you go into game two with uh, more of a sense of desperation. Um, but that's all part of this stuff. You know, we've, uh, we've been in this position before. Okay, guys. So, uh, obviously, you know, the Warriors came out of the gate. Steph Curry hit six threes. Um, first quarter, if you only watch the first quarter, man, uh, it looked all Warriors. Did it? What was, it? To what me, was the it score did. at the end of the first quarter? <laughs> I know this is what yeah. I'm getting at. The the offense from the Warriors just felt so overwhelming, but Boston was able to hang in there. Uh, yeah, no, I think that I this is something that I think we've seen maybe more from the Mavericks necessarily than the Warriors. But I almost wonder if like a like an incandescent first quarter from Steph is almost a little bit of fool's gold. And I want to hark back to like our our ill-fated uh, pre-playoff prediction about the like things we said of, uh, leading into the Nuggets series about like not don't not, not about not about <laughs> not totally trusting Jordan Poole, and I think this game showed us a little bit why. 
because um, part of what happens is Steph goes on this goes on that tear. Rest of the game, they're almost overly deferential to him, and nobody else wants to do anything with the ball. And jo- Jordan Poole's defensive issues have been well documented. We don't need to go back into that, but it, if he's going to be a turnstile defensively and be nothing more than a reluctant spot-up shooter on offense. He can't be on the floor. And I think that Curry going supernova early almost influences him towards that. I mean, I I, I don't know how much of that has to do with Curry as much as just him, you know, being nervous in the big spotlight here in the finals. I think there was some of that. In, in what we saw in pool and just, we, we know what he's going to do on defense, nothing. And we've known that for a while. And I think those are the things you gotta, you gotta watch for, but that's why I didn't think going into this series, I said, Hey man, like pool's going to end up playing like 20 something minutes. You know, he played 25 and I still feel like that's too much. Um, I think it's almost like he's got to come in when, when, when Steph's out of the game, just to kind of keep the offense going and be a threat. But Honestly, I think this is going to be a series where Otto Porter Jr. is going to have to play more than uh, he- heavy minutes more than 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 Poole. I think Dave, I'm with you on Moses Moody might need a shot, and this is scary because it's a rookie that you're you're counting on, but you might need to give him a look. This is not a a, a Jordan Poole like yep. series here, unless well, he gets catches just Gary fire, Payton. But. I think is the other like when, like he was available, it, it, but I, he pretty clearly wasn't available given that he didn't play. Yeah. We'll we'll get to Gary Payton when we get to adjustments because being able to play Gary Payton is to me a huge adjustment for the Warriors. Uh, but w- what did you guys think about how the Warriors were getting into their offense to start the game? I, I thought that again, Steph getting going early was great, but how much of that was the offense generating good looks versus Boston just not stepping up high enough? I mean, Mo, we were texting about it. It's like made no sense to me uh, to the point where it did look like Boston was just playing drop. Against I, oh, I mean, some it, of that is some of that is is like you know, Golden State is you know, they did not Boston did not face a lot of drag screen thirty feet from the basket against Miami, and so it's like, are they in drop? I mean, like Robert Williams, like heels are on the arc, and so is that. I mean, it's not like you just just adjusting I mean, no, to being I, to having to be not just at the three point line, two but steps a step, higher, two steps right? higher, and I think that was part of them just like, oh yeah, this is what this is. And that that sort of happened after yeah, the first I, quarter. I'm not letting him off the hook that easily, Seth. It's fucking Steph Curry. <laughs> okay, yeah. the dude's the greatest shooter of all time. Like, I'm not letting him no, off I'm the not, hook I'm, on that. Of like, oh, I'm, they not, I'm not justifying it. I'm explaining it, and I think that they that they they yeah, yeah, like. And, oh wait, uh, my bad. After about the first quarter, and, and 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 my explanation is after the first three, you should be like, oh shit, you're right. Um, I'm it's it's yeah. Curry like you got to know better than that the dude can't get 21 points in the first quarter because you gave up and honestly like of the six threes maybe one was I felt like okay that's good defense that's just Curry's he's hot now and you let him get hot because you gave him a bunch of open looks and even on the one the, the one you're talking about with Robert Williams you know with his heels on the three-point line that wasn't my problem as Curry was coming, he dropped. <laughs> no, no he I, dropped. I know you're right that they, like that that was like, but they they can't do that. Okay, well, they 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 won the game and now they know. So like that's that's sort of you know yes, it was not good in this game, but they survived it and now they know. So 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, and this might get me in trouble with 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 people. They won the game, but that's because the Warriors gave it to them. And that's my honest. That's just my feel of it in terms of, and and, and mainly, I feel that's with Kerr. And I, again, we talked about it already. But just don't play the dudes that suck. Right? Play, play your them good less. players, right? Like, and also, if they're having a bad game, pull them. So I, I just it, Kerr is so reticent to to pull a guy who isn't a rookie. If Kaminga had played Andre Iguodala, and we're going to get to this, but Andre Iguodala offensively is just a well, I don't, I, and he Ig- hit some like shots, Iggy, but I, I just like don't Iggy get it. Iggy wasn't even like the biggest culprit of this. Like Draymond's offense is a problem for Golden State. Like the degree to which Boston just doesn't care. Like, you know, there's stuff, it looks like he's doing stuff where like he's wide open, he's sprint dribbles at the basket and Boston's like, go ahead, try to finish over Al Horford and, 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 uh, and, and Rob Williams, like uh, dribble around. Cool. We don't care. And, you know, there's activity with no achievement there. And so he either needs to, you know, be willing to take, take and make threes or finish better at the basket or find a way to get himself to the foul line. He, he did, there's something needs to happen when Draymond is not getting guarded and, you know, they need him for defense, but like he, like, you know, talk about pool giving back his offense on defense at least over one game i kind of feel the same way about draymond where everything he gave them defensively he kind of gave back by having them play four on five offensively so boston did a good job i thought in the second obviously they closed the gap that that the warriors had built with with steph out of the game um and it was spurred by jalen brown similar to the fourth quarter so we're going to get to that in a minute but the warriors third quarter mo um, what was the key there to them? It was it, it had to be more than just making shots. I thought the defensive activity was a little bit better from them than it was in the second. I mean, they started the third quarter going like, let's go on a run, you know, and it, again, it was they, they buckled down defensively. This is going to be a long series in the sense of like these teams can defend like the Warriors can defend and they can sc- score in spurts. And I think that was just those the things that they were doing. They controlled the pace. And when they're able to push the pace and control that tempo and get going there, good things happen for them. And that starts with their defense getting stops and then get, getting out and attacking. I think they started with what, like a, a quick 7-0 run or something like that to start the third quarter to really kind of get get going again. And it, and it felt like, hey, like this is the Warriors because it wasn't even Curry going completely off scoring-wise. But they were just more attention on Curry. They started slipping the screen, started finding their 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 pockets and their windows there a little bit, and it's just I I just think they went away from it, and and slowly the 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 pace began to slow down, and you got to give Boston credit for that. Getting stops that helps a lot in that in that window, but I think that was a big part of it in the third quarter. Uh, in the fourth, they had Looney and Draymond out there together. I was wondering if you could describe a little bit how different it is defensively when they play two bigs versus when they go smaller and more shooting on the floor. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's basketball. Um, Got to make adjustments, read the game. They play two bigs. Looney and Draymond has been effective for them most of the playoffs. Looney um, dominated the offensive glass tonight. Um, so you understand why he's in that game, and, and Draymond is Draymond. So um, we just got to do a good job of um, running our offense, making our reads, and, and then let the game decide for itself. Let's talk about Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown – has been underrated in the playoffs. I mean, obviously the 
Losing the ball has been an issue for him, especially against Miami, but the Warriors were reaching, and I thought he did a good job of protecting the ball, but the biggest thing was he was getting downhill. He was attacking relentlessly, and he was finding shooters. He had a couple of huge shots in the fourth, but when he was initiating the offense for them, they had tremendous success. I mean, he is so forceful. Anytime Clay Thompson tried to guard him, he just went around him like Clay was a turnstile. Jalen Brown really stirred the drink for him, Seth. I, I no, I think I think that's right. Um, the the interesting thing was uh, just the difference in approach between Tatum. Tatum was almost like too much. Let the game come to me. And Jalen Brown was like straight ahead. And this was a game where the straight ahead, I'm going at you, uh, was was the better approach, I thought. And that was, you know, in times where Boston kind of did the thing where they kind of just swing the ball around the perimeter and don't generate anything, like his, you know, aggressiveness got them out of that a little bit. I, his, just the, the finding shooters is huge, but he was applying pressure to the rim yes, and really causing the Warriors defense to collapse. And, and you know, I actually didn't think Tatum was all that bad. The, the shots didn't fall, but I mean, he had 13 assists and he earned them. I mean, it, there's a, there was a play uh, late in the fourth where he drives on Iguodala in transition, finds Peyton Pritchard in the far corner. I mean, he had a lot of the defense's attention, I thought he used that well to to set up other guys, Mo. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where, like, his playmaking has improved in that sense. It, it, it was funny because he didn't shoot it well at all, and I didn't even feel like, oh, it's a really bad Tatum game, right? Right. Like, it wasn't like they weren't they weren't forced shots. They weren't like shit. I got to get going. Let me let me find my rhythm. Let me get this stuff going. It's kind of Seth saying like he was letting the game come to him. He was just reading what the defense was doing, and they did pay more attention to him than I. And, and I think that's what allowed Brown on the swing to get those straight line drives and to attack downhill because the defense is going from focused on Tatum to having to shift over. Brown's able to attack a rotating defense, and he's going to get going. And if he's able to control the ball. It's 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 big. And I think that fourth quarter run to start the fourth quarter was was huge for them. You know, they go on a 9-0 run to start it, and it was all Jalen Brown making stuff happen on both ends of the court. And then, you know, we, we got to talk about Horford and Derek White because these guys shot the lights out. But they were shooting uncontested shots. The Warriors weren't guarding them. I mean, we we talked about the the Celtics not stepping up on Steph Curry, and of course that's silly. But it seems to me like Al Horford, who's been shooting the lights out, at least put a hand in his face. Derek White, okay, look, man, the baby bump is real. We know that. I mean, that, that one contested three where Steph was basically, you know, in his shorts. That was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so you just tip your cap. As a defense, but man, Seth, a lot of these were just open shots. There was a trail three that that Horford hit. Uh, I believe that put him up 109-103. I mean, it, no one near him. No one near him. And he had just hit a three right before that. So he's in good rhythm. Yeah. Um, fourth quarter, you know, the, 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 the way the NBA breaks down, the ones I consider uncontested threes, defender six feet or more. Uh, Boston had six. Golden State had won in the fourth quarter. And I believe Golden State's one was like Draymond. Draymond. Yeah. It, was, it was either like Draymond <laughs> yeah. or Bielitsa in garbage time. I forget which. I looked at it this morning and I and I kind of forget. 
Oh, you're no, about no, made. attempted. Yeah, if attempted. it was made, it wasn't Draymond. Okay. No, one, they, they, yeah. there was, one, there was <laughs> like six attempts. Like Boston was four of six in the fourth quarter, and Golden State was 0 of 1. Now, the four is, okay, they made one extra one. But the six, that's like – that is indicative. I mean, you, like, you know, there was towards the run at the end, it was open corner three for Peyton Pritchard, open corner three, Marcus Smart, open corner three, Al Horford, open trail three, Al Horford. Like those are giving up those shots get you beat. And yeah, Boston, like the final margin was influenced by the fact that Boston like shot really well on those shots. But Boston got great looks the entire fourth quarter. The, the 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 one that was a big one, and this is the thing that when the Celtics do this, they're so good offensively, is the the Horford one to put them up for uh, 106. You know, 103, 106 was an above the break three, and it was basically dribble penetration, pull in the defense, get them rotating. It was a kick to Pritchard in the corner. Pritchard immediately swings it over to Horford, and that's a clean three. And it's just when you get that, it's like, okay, that's when they're at their best is when they attack the paint, and kick it out. Their drive and kick game is elite. And it's and it's something that when they buy into that, it's great. When they don't, and those guys, Brown and Tatum, force up the shots, then they're in trouble. And that play, uh, Mo, what, what Clay was a little bit late to contest, but I think that that was a big thing in the fourth was the Warriors, they they just didn't look as fast in the fourth as they did in the first. I, I mean, hot take, but they, they looked a little old in the fourth. I mean, we could probably come on to Clay's defenses is, you know, I think there, like some of the injuries, some of it is there were signs of decline from him, the defensively the last season before the injuries. So I think we need to, you know, there was a, a one of the a big play in the fourth quarter was I think right after Thompson hit kind of the uh, the like the running relocating three at the end of the shot clock, Boston comes right back down and Brown just blows right by him for a layup, um, and that like, you know, if it, like who does Clay guard if he can't if he can't have him on either Tatum or Brown. Is, is a, I think he's got to – well, yeah. we'll talk about that when yeah. we get to adjustments because I actually do think that there are some very obvious uh, matchup adjustments for the Warriors. And, and frankly, for I think Boston has some room to uh, improve there too. Uh, last point uh, before we do get to those adjustments for game two, uh, Peyton Pritchard thought he might be a defensive liability. He was great. He was great. I, he was actually, great. Dude, he was awesome. Did a great job when he did get switched on to Steph. I mean, he played big minutes in the fourth because he was hitting shots over Marcus Smart, by the way. I mean, he was holding his own when he had to guard Steph. Thought he did an excellent job standing in front of him and being physical and, and, and keeping his hands on his hips. Both he and Derek White did a fantastic job, like, contesting and blowing up Golden State's dribble handoff game, especially in the fourth quarter. So that I would think that was a big part in in. Golden State, like I went back and rewatched the Golden State's offensive possessions in the fourth quarter, and it was like their first five possessions were like two heavily contested threes off of DHOs, one from Clay, one from Poole, uh, a terrible Iguodala fadeaway in the post over Pritchard, uh, uh, yeah. against Pritchard, and that two pretty ugly, so and two pretty <laughs> ugly like turnovers, um, and that's you know that's you know you want to talk about what what's keying Boston's run. You start you start the fourth quarter like that, you know, Boston. You know they they didn't need to be perfect offensively. They just need to be okay to kind of get themselves going, and that's what happened. And and part of that was Curry, uh, Curry was on the bench yeah. at the start of the fourth quarter in that rotation and I mean, things that's, like that. Yeah, you have to, have to. I mean, there, he does have to rest. He can't go. I don't think Curry can go forty and and be like make everything happen on offense. I don't think that's sustainable for 
for a full series. They're not going to win the series then. It's that simple because that's what they need. It's that simple. It's honestly because they don't have anybody else that's really going to scare the Celtics. If that's honest, because I think he, I think with the rest in between these games, I think he can and he has to. And that's how you that's how you get a chance to win this. this I thought. I mean, I thought right he now. looked a little fatigued offensively in the fourth quarter as well. I thought that I I agree with that. I actually do agree with that. I think his legs just weren't under him on some of these threes. Uh, he had this. Um, you know, the the last three he attempted was with about four minutes to go, and it was off a of pick and roll. He had a snake back. Al Horford did a really good job of containing the paint forcing him into the step back and even gets a contest up and, and Steph is front rim on that. That was to me, he looked like he was, uh, had lost his legs there. And then he doesn't get another three up for the rest of the game. Bo- Boston was all over him. I-, I thought that they did a wonderful job in the fourth of making it work extra hard. Can I, so I know we're getting to, we, we probably left things that, that worked or didn't work, but this is sort of somewhere between things that didn't work and an adjustment um, I thought whatever Golden State uh, or Boston had Golden State's ATOs scouted out absolutely perfectly yeah. in the fourth quarter. I think that's a really unsung aspect of the game is Kerr takes two timeouts to kind of stop runs. Off of both of them, they run kind of uh, like, Mo, you probably watched this a little more carefully than I did, but they ran kind of a Spain throwback kind of thing. And both times Boston was just sitting on the throwback. And, you know, they get steals. And one time they get a Pritchard run out layout. The, the second time they fast break and then Horford steps into a wide open three. And, you know, if you call timeout, you hope to get something good and they turn into high value shots the other way immediately. That's a pretty big swing. I mean, there's no way. I mean, that that's a you want to kill a coach, turn the ball over out of a timeout, you know, and, 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 and I think that. You're you're 100 right, especially on the one where it wasn't quite a Spain action. It was more just kind of a screen the uh, uh, screen the 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 screener to kind of just create a mismatch sort of deal. But they were just tossing the ball every which way, and it's you know Iguodala trying to make a play. It's 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 Jordan Poole trying to make a play, and it's like these are guys I don't want trying to make plays. Not in this instance right here, and this was a problem for them. But you're right, like the Celtics in general. Just their their coverage of everything. This whole playoff run has been impressive. And not to beat a dead horse, but it's pretty easy to guard an ATO if there are two guys you just don't have to guard. I mean, like basketball is really not rocket science. It really isn't. And if you only have three guys who could possibly put the ball in the basket, it's a much easier job for the defense. And especially a defense like Boston, where everybody can guard. There, I mean, Mo, I, I think you've kind of like coined the term. Boston is not a target-rich environment. Who are you going after on the switch? Shouts to Top Gun. Uh, hey, they, look, man, they went, after, they went after Peyton Pritchard, and he just stayed in front of Steph, forced, forced Steph to give the ball up. I just don't – I don't know, man. Boston is defending the way that we expected them to defend for the entire playoffs, and I don't think their defense has been bad at all. But the offense and getting that sort of performance from the role players and not wasting it, that's huge. And, and, you know, to get this in on the road and whew. getting away with, I thought, again, you, I mean, you probably think like I, Tatum had some moments as a playmaker, but I thought overall he was, he was well below standard offensively. Like he was starting from the, like from the beginning, like 
it seemed like he he didn't he he never even had his feet right when he caught the ball, and that was really weird to see because he's usually pretty good. Like you know, there are some high usage offense like wings who you know they catch the ball on a kick out or something like that. They're like, okay, now I'm going to get in my bag and do some stuff. And Tatum is usually pretty good. It's like, well, I'm just going to let it fly. But his, like, it seemed like he was like kind of shuffling his feet to get him to get set and like fumbling the catch. And it, that was, it was very weird for a lot of the game that way. Yeah. He hit that early three and I was like, uh Oh, we might get a Tatum game. And then it it was a Tatum game where he was just finding open guys. I, I actually think he did a he good job letting over. it come. I'll say down. that for him. That's that's. I mean, that's, that's you it. know I mean, that is, and that's on yeah. the Warriors. And that's you know that is you know Boston had eight turnovers last night. Like they're going to win games if they have under if they have single digit turnovers. All right. Well, let, let's talk game two adjustments after twelve turnovers. Twelve turnovers. <laughs> Just <laughs> numbers guy. Get it right. Sorry. Well, let's talk game two adjustments after a quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Recording in progress. Okay, first question. First row on the left. We've talked a bunch of these playoffs, a bunch of guys' struggles in the third quarter. Golden State's obviously historically great in those quarters. Uh, what allowed them to get going there? And then, conversely, what caused everything to flip the other way again? Offensive rebounds to start the quarter, turnovers to start the quarter. Uh, we didn't have an extremely high number, only finished with 13, but started the quarter off poorly in that area. We hadn't played our best by any stretch of imagination in the first half, and to only be down four, we felt we were in decent shape, uh, knowing they come out playing hard in the, in the third. Turned the ball over, and then Looney on the on the glass. I think they had four or five offensive rebounds that quarter, and so the extra possessions for them, that's obviously way too many, giving up 12 offensive rebounds for 26 points. We can clean up those areas. We knew we'd be in good shape, and I think we did that in the fourth quarter. Until they hit that late three, it was a 13-point quarter, and 
Uh, credit to our guys. Credit to Marcus, the defensive player of the year on the bench, while Peyton, Derek, and other guys are stepping up on both ends. And really, the offensive rebounds, turnovers in that quarter uh, got them ahead. Second rope for a seat. All right, guys. Game two. To me, guys, the big adjustment that the Warriors can make, we'll start there because they lost. If Gary Payton can play, he needs to play. I think that's the guy you got to stick on Jalen Brown to start the game. You guys agree with me there? I think that, I mean, it's it's the first adjustment, as usually is the case, is just play better. Jordan Poole, play better. Draymond Green, play better. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, be a little more impactful offensively. Like, there's just... How about play more? Steve Kerr, coach better. Yeah. Steve Kerr, coach more? better. No, no, no. Yeah. Steve Kerr, no, that's, coach I mean, better. Yeah, that's fine. But that's, I mean, I think that's, you know, they need better... From from the not Steph guys offensively, basically, I harped on it. You got to play bigger. It's not uh, Looney and 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 Draymond together. And listen, I get it. Sample size, one game, all that stuff. It's the finals. You're not going to have a lot of uh, well, Al, Al Horford samples can't to really keep go Looney off the boards. Like that's that was a takeaway for me yeah. at all. At all, that was the thing. Looney had six offensive rebounds, and that's the thing. If you play bigger, and the idea is like, hey, Looney's not going to be able to spread the floor. You don't need to. Him in the dunker spot is more valuable than Iguodala outside the three-point line. And that's the most important thing because if they don't guard him in the dunker spot, either it's a lob on a four-on-three play short roll situation or he has inside position on an offensive rebound. He crushed them. And in the 16 minutes that the the two guys played together, Green and Looney, net rating of 33.6. They can do this even when the – Celtics go small. I would stay with going big just to make it. Hey, we're going to crush you on the boards now. Let's see how much your stomach can take I, this. For Golden also, State, I, I oh. think one of the things with Looney is when Looney gets the ball in the low block, he's just such a good passer. They get so many layups off Looney touches in the mid block and low block. And, and so his value is more than just offensive rebounding. I think. He's a little bit of it's a little bit of like an inside Draymond because Draymond is facilitating so much from the elbow and the wing, and Looney gives you that secondary hub, and, and they have to guard him. Like you said, Mo, he, he's either going to have inside position on the rebound or a layup. I mean, Looney is just go- he's good. He's a better player than Andre Iguodala is right and now. And the other part is like you, okay, you like what do you worry about if we go big, they go small. Like you're worried about getting spread out and taking advantage of our, if you're Golden State, how upset are you if if Boston decides, you know what, they're big, we're going to have Marcus Smart and Derek White go at Kev- Kevon Looney in isolation. Like is that, a, is that an it's edge for even- Boston in any way, shape, or form? I think if you're Golden State and that's how possessions are ending for Boston offensively, you're like, yeah, we got this shit. I think the other thing too is just the Celtics small lineup, Still pretty big, yeah. Still pretty big, you know. Jason Tatum, big. Oh, they're they're like aside from Pritchard, everyone is big on Boston. Everyone who's going to play, yeah, Jalen Brown, yeah. big, tall, like they're big. You know, it's 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 in that instance. And when the Warriors go small, they're small. It's Curry. He's not big. I mean, Clay's pretty big, but like you, you if you're playing pool out there, you're small. You're but, it's but all Clay is things. not is not forceful. He's not he's not forceful. You don't feel his impact. And it's you were saying like his defense has slipped off so much. And again, I think it's just a tall order to ask him to have to guard some of these guys coming off two years of injury to be like, all right, be a one on one lockdown defender like, bro, you were slipping before this. And now I just don't think you can do that. How did you guys feel about Draymond guarding or spending so much time on Marcus Smart? 
I thought that 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 really just wasn't the best move. I think I think that that Draymond, honestly, like him on one of the primary guys, is like because Boston can get in this thing where if they're not creating advantages with Tatum and Brown, they bog down. And then, well, we don't have Draymond as a help guy. You don't need him as a help guy because you know when you saw this in like the you know the, the parts of the first quarter where Boston was just kind of swing like you know, running three man weaves almost at the top of the floor, never creating any advantage. You don't need a you don't need a help defender then. You just need someone who can stay in front of the ball. And, you know, who are the guys on Golden State who can stay in front of Tatum and Brown? I think it's it's Porter, it's Peyton, it's Draymond, it's Looney in a pinch. Like those are the Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah, sorry, I forget. Yeah, Wiggins, obviously. Yeah. Like but so I I and I think that probably says something about, you know, where he was in this game that I keep forgetting about him. Um, but yeah, I, but, but so keeping those guys like contained off the dribble is in, and it can't be, it can't be clay. It can't be Steph. It certainly can't be pool. All right. Well, wh- where's the low hanging fruit for Boston in game two, Mo? Um, they w- did not play a perfect game, although it was an excellent one and they got crazy shooting that we can't expect them to get again. I just I refuse to to believe anyone out there expects Horford and White to do what they did in game 1 again in game 2. So, where can they improve, Mo? Well, as I told my friend though, if they leave them that wide open, they can. <laughs> Those are practice jumpers, man. They were shooting <laughs> yeah, practice I, jump shots except for that one, but I, so I I I I dug into it a little bit and like uh, Boston shot quality in the fourth quarter was they had like a f- close to a 57% effect, uh, like expected effective field goal rate in the fourth quarter. That's monstrously high on the, on the looks they were getting. Right. And so it's like, yeah, they did. They did, feels like did they outperform that. Yes. Are if you give a team you're playing in the finals, those shots, are they going to beat you more often than not? Yes. So, you know, it's again, Yes, they exceeded expectations, but you can't give up those shots. You you, you really can't. But I think the, the one thing I, I think we'll see a little bit more of Boston in terms of where they can take advantage is, you know, Jason Tatum in the post against uh, whenever he gets matched up with Curry. And it wasn't a lot. It didn't happen a ton. But when they did, they got stuff out of it. I think you'll see a lot more of a concerted effort to do that. I think those are going to be things you're going to watch for, for Boston, I think in, in that sense. And then the obvious thing is, is, you know, you know, for three quarters, they were getting crushed on the boards. Got to be better there. That's something that, that they've done for a number of years, basically since Tatum has been in the league is something they've gone to at times is using Tatum as a screener and then just like slipping him into the post. uh, if, If a small switch is onto him and they didn't, they didn't necessarily get a ton out of it, but I like the situations. It was mostly like late second quarter that they got to that. And I think that in a game where Tatum is a little more aggressive offensively, I think they'll they'll get good stuff from that. But they didn't look yeah. for it a lot either. That was the one thing. And and you know what? Sometimes it's to their detriment when they do, because they go to they 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 spend the whole shot clock looking for it. And then when he gets it, it's like, all right, you got six seconds. Good luck. Um, you know, I think there's when they can get to it early will be key. And I think that's something we'll see a little bit more of. Uh, in game two from the Celtics. Uh, I expect the Warriors to come out trying to attack the basket. They didn't do a good job of it. And, and obviously, Robert Williams is a deterrent, right? I mean, Al Horford as but well. When, I mean, like they, 
Al Horford yeah. too. I mean, well, and let's not forget Tatum and Brown yeah. are also pretty big. Um, the, the Warriors don't have the size, right? But I, I do think that if Boston comes out stepping up higher in the first quarter, like they did in the fourth, that's when Steph has to get downhill and attack the basket. He's going to have to flip the equation and go inside out on them. He's not going to be able to settle for for step backs and, and things like that. Otherwise, Warriors offense will just get shut down. If If Steph... Shooting threes is the only thing you can generate. I think Boston actually isn't going to hate that because they're going to contest those threes. We saw it in the fourth. They're going to try to wear him out and wear him down early. So, Mo, I mean, what can what can the Warriors do to just put more pressure on the basket? I think they need to try to get into just a little more downhill attacking. I think in terms of, one, besides speeding up the pace, just a simple ball screen. Forget handoffs, things like that, where those guys can jump through. Set double screens, even a triple screen, but just get opportunities to just get them going and have Curry work off ball. You know, if you're going to have pool out there, let him be a ball handler for a few possessions and let Curry work off the ball coming off pin downs and things like that to occupy the weak side while you go. Because that's the thing you got to do is you got to kind of keep the other the weak side defense busy so that Williams can't come. You got to do it so that Horford can't come and rotate in those scenarios. Like there was a great play. Curry got a back cut and Rob Williams came in and erased that shot. I think it was in the fourth quarter. And to be honest, you know, Curry had no idea Williams was there. You know, like he went up for it thinking he had an easy layup and Williams just came in from behind off the weak side. You got to occupy that with a little more weak side action so you can get some of that fun stuff that the Warriors like to get offensively. I mean, and that's, I think that's somewhat personnel also, because again, like Rob Williams is not going to guard Draymond Green. He's not going to guard Andre Iguodala. One thing that they did that, that, that Golden State did do well is, you know, if he's guarding like Iggy, especially they did put, they did run like Curry, Iggy pick and rolls. And they got, that was the one sort of stretch where they had good offense in the fourth quarter was they was hitting Iggy like on the short roll off of uh, like yeah. like and then but 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 you know cuz you've mentioned like you know Udoka having a good coaching game it's like all right well we got to get out of that matchup Al go get him and then all of a sudden the, the look is very different or Boston even just switched Williams onto Curry and I thought that was you know they didn't do it a ton but I thought from a process standpoint that was fine defensively for Boston as well so just like not getting not giving up that easy half court fast break out of that is is might be Boston's answer there, but I still would try to get to that more if I'm Golden State. One last question, and th- this one, Andre Iguodala will not shoot a layup. He just won't. If there's anyone near the basket, he is not taking a layup. That w- that was one of the ATOs that, that we talked about earlier. That was the one that led to the Pritchard layup. No, it was the one. It was the second one. It was the second one. It was the one that led to the Horford uh, trail three. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, but. What do you do with a guy who can't shoot layups? I mean, that short roll, okay, great. They got one or two good looks. I just look, man, I, I just don't know if you can play Ugadala. They like they they need to basically Otto Porter needs to play every minute he's a, he can play this series and Gary Payton needs to like they need to like you know, quarter like Payton as long as his elbow is fine, like he can like I wouldn't be surprised if he we ended the series with him playing thirty five minutes a night. Like Porter, there there are some it, like you know there's there there history of injuries and has had some this this playoffs. Maybe he can only you can only count on him for twenty five, but they need to use all twenty five of those just because 
a guy who can physically stay in front of and match up with the Boston's wings and shoot. Like, he's the only one you can reliably really say that about, given that, you know, Wiggins can be an up-and-down shooter. Guys, uh, is it 1-1 going to Boston? I picked a longer series. I picked a seven-game series. I still think a lot of the stuff they did rotation-wise and things like that were were really weird. Um, Iguodala playing a, a, a ton of heavy fourth quarter minutes and things like that. Uh, I think it'll be one, one. I think you'll get a better game from the warriors, at least in terms of. So I, I was, this is interesting. I had uh, Costa Medvedovsky on, on my, in my post game, uh, show last night. And he was, well, we were talking about this and I like preface by saying, I definitely agree that I think it's going back one, one. And he pointed out that he's researched this and he's like, uh, teams that lose game one on at home in a series, there's almost, they play better to the point of almost like two to two and a half points per hundred in the second game. It's just a massive swing. It's a, like a, you know, a different, an eight win over the course of the season difference in, in how well they play in the second game. It's just a massive bounce back effect. I would, uh, my going assumption is that game two is going to be a comfortable Warriors win. Seth. But. How do I get your post game? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, basically, on uh, uh, on the call-in app, and it's also available on their website, uh, 10, 15, 20 minutes at the, after the end of each game, I'm doing a, a post-game show with a rotating crew. Uh, Sunday, Mike Prada is going to come on and chop it up with me. So we uh, uh, kind of just immediate thoughts on the game and, and get into what we saw and what we expect to see going forward. And that's Mike Prada of, of the, the Athletic. athletic now which you know very cool and mo has brought back the jumpball.net my favorite basketball website ever <laughs> the jumpball.net is back mo yeah i'm gonna be doing uh i did a finals preview i'm gonna just post my thoughts after uh you know for uh game one adjustments for game two very similar to what we talked about here um and gonna just keep doing that through the entire final so the uh the jumpball.net is back <laughs> folks and there's only listen there's only one guy after a game whose twitter feed i'm going through and that's mo because mo you have done such a great job all playoffs i'm gonna sing your praises on after game one but you have told the story of these playoff games every night during the playoffs so i, I appreciate the work that you put in because you make it easier on me so thank you uh, anything else as we wrap, guys? Six more games of this. Let's go. Please. Please. Uh, yeah, for please. It. Yeah, this is a basketball clinic. Well, for Moda Keel, for Seth Partnow, I'm Dave DeFore. This has been Nerder, she wrote, on the Athletic NBA show. Thanks for listening.